We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We've got tons to break down today. And I guess I should say happy Valentine's Day to start things off. Hopefully you remembered and you didn't get yourself in trouble today on Valentine's Day. I think that's the best way to start off the show. Hopefully you did not get in trouble today <laughs> on Valentine's Day. Keith, did you get in trouble on Valentine's Day? No, I did not. I, uh, I I took care of things. I got my wife her favorite lunch, and uh, nice. we 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 are we're in a good place. She took care of me. We we got the kid a couple treats, and a, uh, always fun Valentine's gift of a new desk chair, I guess. But like, oh. she she wanted and needed one, so it was a little bit more of a practical Valentine's gift for her. But yeah, but yeah, everybody's good. Get on the side of the Smith House. How about you? That's that's the way we're going at this point, right? Like we're we're in the practical phase, you know. It's it's you're not yep. giving like hearts and chocolates and flowers and all that kind of stuff. It's like, no, give me give me something that I really. How about a new chair? That's yep. that's what really shows shows love. Uh, my my wife and I decided this year. We said we're 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 taking a trip this weekend. We said we're not going to spend any money on on Valentine's Day. My my wife hates how how expensive cards are and everything. So we just yeah. said we're literally going to do nothing. Like not the. Hey, you tell your spouse that you're going to do nothing and then you really get them something. No, like literally do nothing for Valentine's Day. We're going to take a trip this weekend. That will count. And so that that's what we're going with. So I looked at it as, okay, I can't get myself in the, in any, into any trouble because we've prearranged that this, there is no gift giving or anything for Valentine's Day. So I got to dodge the whole thing. I consider myself nice. fairly, fairly lucky in that regard. That is the key. You have to have the conversation though, because if you don't, yeah. you're in oh, trouble yes. later. Like, like and, and if you're watching or listening to this, you probably got a couple hours to make make, make good on it. So, go, uh, you know, go 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 take care of things now before it's too late. So, otherwise, you're in trouble, or or better, you better have breakfast ready in the morning or something. Right, right. If if it's a simple, oh, you don't need to get me anything. Yeah, you better get something. Yeah, it has to be more of a conversation than that. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. All right. Well, that, that includes, uh, or concludes love advice with, uh, with Trevor and Keith. Um, let's get into today. Actually, wait, we do have one thing before we oh. get into the news. Uh, tomorrow we're going to be live at one Eastern time. I'm going to be traveling on Friday. So, um, that's why we're going to do our, our front office Friday a day early. So uh, yep. it'll be front office Thursday tomorrow. Oh, are you going to yell front office Thursday? We'll see. We'll have yeah, to tune in to watch. Yeah. We'll wait and find out. Okay, so that's coming up um, uh, tomorrow, 1 o'clock Eastern time, so be ready for that. All right, let's get into the news. So the Warriors and 76ers, this came out today from ESPN. uh, Adrian Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelburne noted that the Warriors and 76ers tried for LeBron James trades after LeBron tweeted out that hourglass emoji. They decided to find out. If there was anything going on there. Now, they, the article noted that Daryl Morey also attempted to trade for Kevin Durant, Bradley <laughs> Beal, Devin Booker. I think he just makes an obligatory, hey, you want to trade this guy? Offer to like everybody yeah. around the league just to see, just to see what happens. Um, and, and so that was about as far as this one went. But uh, but the, oh, the owners actually got involved on the Lakers Warriors side. That's how it initiated uh, was uh, Joe Lacob talking to uh, to Jeannie Buss about a potential trade, and Jeannie just said, "Go talk to LeBron and and Rich Paul," and they said, "No, we're not not looking to be traded." But uh, it's possible that maybe these discussions could pop up again this summer. What what was your take on that whole thing and the timing of this kind of all coming out now? 
Yeah, so let's start with that last part. We always talk about when something like this comes out, why? Like, yeah. who, who does this benefit, right? Because this is not, the story was not uh, everything was shut down and LeBron's a Laker for life or anything like that. Because right. then that story would have been, all right, well, the Lakers want this out here, right? Like rival teams made a run at LeBron mm-hmm. and and he said, no way, I'm a Laker for life and that's it. And, and that wasn't the story. So I think this is probably a little strategic LeBron always controls things, right? So he, he's always going to have his thumb on things to some extent. And I think this was a little bit of a, Hey, let's make sure it's known. Like it's not a lock. I'm going to be here forever. It's not a lock. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be here next year even. And let's just let it be known that I had control over. Do I even want trade talks to advance? And I think it's clear. This was not a trade is agreed to let's go get, LeBron's right. thoughts on it. Yes. It was more of a, is LeBron even interested? Now, I thought what was interesting was, all right, the Draymond Green part of it, kind of he, him being the, like, like, instigator, the not in a bad yeah, way, right. Change, right? Like, like an instigator <laughs> in a good way, as far as he instigated the whole idea by saying, hey, let's go get LeBron. I think um, that part of it, all right, semi interesting. Players do that all the time especially players who share agencies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that it was owner to owner and then Jeannie Buss kind of said, go have a conversation with Rich Paul that Jeannie Buss didn't just say no done. Like I'm shutting it down here. That's a little interesting. And then uh, Rob Polinka basically saying from his side, like it was like, we're not doing it anyway. Yeah. Uh, there, um, those parts were interesting, but the fact that they gave LeBron some say, my guess is LeBron looked at things and said, uh, we're ahead of the Warriors in the standings. They're going to have to give up some stuff to get me. Like, is this even a better place for me? I And I, and I know everybody's going to be like, it would have a chance to play with Stephen Curry and all this and that. But I, I don't know. Like, like, I'm guessing he probably was like, no, this is too much right now. Let's do this. But I, I don't know. I have a feeling this – I think the Sixers part of it is probably just, hey, we're trying. We'll always be in on everybody. That sounds like that part I'm kind of disregarding a little bit. But I think the um, LeBron stuff does kind of put out there of, hey, if we start hearing in four months, uh, LeBron's on a lock to pick up his option. Or LeBron may pick up his option to facilitate a trade or something Mm -hmm. like that. We'll all be thinking back to you know Valentine's Day when it was – Hey, remember that story that came out? Because that's yeah. it's just kind of how this stuff goes. Now there was a line in there in the and it was almost just kind of buried in the article, but this but said that that sources told ESPN, and I'm paraphrasing here, that LeBron is right now essentially looking to to stay with the Lakers this yeah. summer. That uh that he wants to sign a new contract. Which, by the way, I was gonna ask you what what can he get on a new say he doesn't pick up his player option? What kind of a raise could he be looking at over the 51 million, given that he's and particularly the length of the contract, too, given his his age? Yeah, I'd have to go through and, and run the math. And unfortunately, I don't even have my cheats up right now. Okay. Um, but it's basically it would look semi similar to what he signed for this last time. Like, like you're, we're kind of at the point where LeBron is pretty much year to year now because of the over 38 rule, all the other stuff right. that would factor into it. Cause he is, uh, he w- is now what he's, he will be 39. Yeah. He'll be 40 next year. Right. So, um, so yeah, so he's already passed the over 38 rule. So there's, there's just, it's kind of year to year with him. And my guess is that's probably what ha- I, I still think the most likely path forward is he just picks up the player option. It yeah. just moves forward that way. Maybe he opts out. He could. I'd have to run the math and see. He might be able to get a slight raise. A lot of it depends on where does the cap come in and all that other stuff. But my guess is this is just very much year to year for him, which at almost 40 years old, it probably should be, mm-hmm. uh, to be quite honest. But you also, we talked about it the other day. You have the brawny factor and all that coming into play with this. So I, I, I'm, by no means do I think we're going to see LeBron playing anywhere else. I think this is just, hey, remember, I, I'm in charge here. I have the player option. I have control. And I think to some extent, if this story is accurate, no reason to believe it isn't because we didn't get any pushback. A lot of times a story like this comes out and then immediately local reporters, and this is not a Lakers thing, but local reporters get a 
quote from someone within the team that says that's not exactly how it played out or anything. Yeah. We haven't had anything like that. So I'm going to believe this is probably where it went to some extent. I think the Lakers are kind of saying, yeah, you like, if you wanted to go, we would have at least pursued it. Doesn't mean a trade would have happened because I don't think the Lakers would have said, fine, give us Chris Paul and matching salary and call. Right. Good. I, which would have been kind of funny if that's how the Lakers always finally landed. Chris Paul. Oh man. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, a decade later. Um, it just would be funny, but it's, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it, it lends a little bit of intrigue, I guess, to what could be a, somewhat boring proceedings and i think it's just this is what lebron does he puts pressure on teams to say hey if if you want me you need to make it you need to make this where i want to be you know and that's that's fine and, and from the lakers perspective you've got three possible outcomes this summer either lebron you keep him whether he picks up his option or signs a new deal you trade him or he walks away for nothing and of course their preference would be in that order the worst case scenario is he walks away for nothing so you almost kind of want it out there like, hey, we want to keep LeBron, but if, you know, there needs to be a parting of ways, then we want to make sure we get something in, in return for him. We want to make sure we find a, a trade. So all of these be... certainly, what's that? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say all of these are certainly things to to consider as we move sure. closer and closer. This is going to be like a major undercurrent for the Lakers from here until whenever we know what LeBron is doing whatever the result is from this. This is going to be a major storyline for for the Lakers season from here on out. And barring something really unexpected, where LeBron does signal to a team, if you draft Bronny and you're over the cap, I'll take the mid level exception. I'll take a minimum deal, right. which I do not expect. I would expect in that case it would be I will pick up my player option and you will have to trade for me if you want me. But I think it is more likely what, or let me rephrase that. I think it is extremely unlikely we see the third scenario where LeBron walks for nothing, because that would mean going. That would mean taking a far less than his maximum deal, or going to a team with cap space. And outside of Philadelphia, where you could maybe see the attraction there, right? Of hey, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, I'll come in. Build it up around the three of us. We'll figure it out. We'll compete for the title. Nobody else with cap space is really close enough to, I think, have LeBron. Like, like is LeBron going to go to Detroit? I don't think so, right? I right. just have, have a really hard time seeing that. Is he going to San Antonio? Probably not, right? Is he going to Utah? Probably not. So so as you start going down the list of teams, it's a lot of, yeah, probably not. Now, so that's why I think it becomes far more likely he – picks up his option, much like we saw with James Harden. You pick up the option, and mm -hmm. then that makes it easier to facilitate a trade, and, and you move it forward that way versus I'm going to opt out, and then it gets just a lot more complicated to make, make movement happen the way you do. So I think it's very likely we see one of the two. Either he just stays with L.A., either picks up his option, signs a new deal, whatever it may be, or he is in a spot where it is, I'm going to opt out, but – then I'm going to work with the Lakers on setting up a trade or I'm going to pick up my option and set up a trade or whatever it may be. I, I have a hard time seeing the LeBron walks for nothing scenario. It just doesn't make sense. Well, I feel a little bit better about that then <laughs> because that is the worst scenario for the, yeah, for the Lakers, not, but yes. Yeah. There's just not the destination, right? Like that's the the thing. Yeah, I mean, the Philly thing is interesting. I mean, maybe, sure. right? Like, and clearly, I think Daryl Morey would take him in that. It would almost be a way for Daryl Morey to kind of then, hey, we'll take a shot for a year, and then if it doesn't work, we'll we'll move on next year. We'll we'll kind of roll this cap space a year over, or what whatever it may be, or however he handles it after you know signing LeBron. Maybe that could be be a real thing. I just did none of the other teams with cap space jump out to me as like, oh my gosh, this is not the other times he's been a free agent when there's been six or seven teams that spent years lining up for, we got to make a run. We, we need to have cap space because he made it clear, right? When he went to the heat, the Cavs thing was a little different. Cause I think we all were like, he's going back to the Cavs. Right. But even when he went to the Lakers, both the, the heat and the Lakers signings, he made it very clear. Look, I'm not, doing this through you've got to jump through a hundred hoops to create cap space and make everything. you need to be able to just sign me. And now if he, if he comes out and says in the next three months, 
hey, open season free agency. Yeah. We're going to start hearing about teams are lining up deals that will go official draft night or July 1st or whatever to, to try to open up cap space. Or, you know, I, I tend to think we're going to be LeBron's with the Lakers. And guess what? We're having all these exact same conversations a year from now because it'll be a year before he's actually headed into free agency. Yeah, and and of course, Bronny, his status will be a big factor as well, and as well as how the Lakers play the rest of the season. But what does Bronny do? Does he stay at USC? If he stays at USC, eh, that probably makes it that much more likely that LeBron just stays with the Lakers, right? So he's close yep. to his son; he can go see his games, all that sort of stuff. If he if Bronny gets into the NBA, that can obviously change uh, things quite a bit. So a lot of this still very much up in the air. But of course, something that we will be be keeping an eye on, and uh, again. No certainty in any direction of what exactly is going to happen this summer <laughs> well, with, with LeBron James. Super clear, too, because people do ask us. I'm sure you get yeah. the question asked of why don't the Lakers just offer him an extension? He's not extension eligible mm -hmm. uh, because of the length of the contract. He's now he's in year one of the two year extension he signed. So he wouldn't be eligible to sign an extension uh, with the Lakers or anywhere else. He's just it's it's very similar to what happened with James Harden. He, he can't extend the contract because he only signed a two year contract with Philadelphia. So that that's part of this as well. And if a team if he does do the opt in and then gets traded somewhere, they won't be able to extend him either. It'll be a repeat yeah. of what's going on with James Harden. So it'll be make sure you make him happy because summer 2025, at the very latest, LeBron's going to be a free agent. So, well, and then at that point, we're talking about a guy who is 40 <laughs> and yeah, like we're like, who even knows? Like we're, we're just so deep into uncharted territory here yeah. with this, that it, that, that so much of what we used a lot of the times in these projections are past things that have happened. Well, none of this has happened before. So nobody really knows how to really project this. Summer of 2032, we're going to be saying, where's LeBron going? <laughs> and I'm not going to say you're wrong. <laughs> At this point. Know Who knows? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Who knows? I mean, yeah. I, I, I honestly feel like barring a major injury and I don't, I mean, he, he's never had one. I, I just think he retires when he wants to. Yeah. Like, I just think it's going to be, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And then, then that's it. Like it, there's, there's nowhere where we see a lot of guys become retired because there's no more opportunities. Teams are kind of, we're kind of done with, you know, what you can do with in, in even those minimum contract offers start drying up and those kind of things aren't common or you start getting the, yeah, we'll, we'll see, you know, let's talk around the trade deadline. If we open a roster spot and those kind of things. And that's often, that's how careers end. Like, I just, I don't think that's going to be where we're at with LeBron. Cause he's still, you know, he's still putting up 20 plus points and triple double type numbers and, and all that. So I just think it's going to be whenever he decides, maybe it'll be 2032. Like then, then that's where it goes. I, I just can't see him. I can't see the league telling him no before he tells the league no. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. All right, let's stick with uh, with the Golden State Warriors. Steve Kerr says he wants to remain the Warriors head coach next season. I know there's some uh, questions around the Warriors. What's the future going to look like? Is Clay going to be there? What do they make some other moves? What what do the Warriors look like moving forward? Uh, but Steve Kerr saying, "Hey, look, I I don't want to go anywhere. I want to stay here." And uh, he said he believes Joe Lacob thinks the same. He wants him around. And, and so it sounds like, well, the contract is not clear what that's going to look like. I, it sounds like there's a, there's mutual interest here in both Steve Kerr and the Warriors continuing this thing into next year. Yeah, and the Warriors are going to be endlessly fascinating with what happens however this season ends. If, yeah, if they go on a miracle run and they make the finals or win the finals, they're probably going to run it back for the most part because mm -hmm. those guys presumably would have been a huge part of making that happen. I don't think that's going to be how this season ends for them, but I think what we're looking at is, is Clay Thompson back? What happens with Chris Paul's contract? They didn't trade him ahead of the deadline. He's 30 million non-guaranteed, but what the Warriors could do is line up a trade and say, Hey, we're going to guarantee 20 million of that. And then guarantee 20 million of it and trade him. Uh, to to another team, uh, to just in a deal, they could just waive him and, and just take the savings. And I, I there is a world where the Warriors say, 
all right, it's time to get the books in order a little. Let's let's get Chris Paul's contract off the books. Uh, Clay Thompson, you can come back, but it's going to be at a number that's no more than half your current salary. And we're just we're we're starting to redo redo things a little bit. We're starting to get things a little more in line. So all those worlds exist, and and I'm very curious to see. And yeah, obviously a huge part of that is what happens at head coach. Is Steve Kerr back and still running this? Because I don't think Steve Kerr says, "Hey, I want to be back to uh, coach a team with Steph Curry and a bunch of kids as we start a rebuild." Like that right. doesn't seem like a thing he's going to want to do. So I, I, I do uh, have a lot of uh, interest in where this all goes. And and if Steve Kerr's back, we're going to see it be. Right, let's try to flip this, even if we do see a couple of the veterans move along. And part of it might be too. Jonathan Kaminga is pretty good now. Now yes. maybe we do have a little bit of a bridge beyond whatever the the future holds after Steph and Draymond and Clay. At least we we we've kind of got this guy that maybe we can build around. Well, and the word that was out there too was that they were you know any trade offers involving Kaminga they were not interested in doing yeah. that. I think they recognized that hey this guy's hit another level and this is a guy that we want to keep uh, long term and kind of help help us as you said bridge the gap into that next iteration of the Golden State Warriors. Um, all right, let's take a quick pause to give a shout out to our sponsor, and that is BetUS. You guys can check out the link in the description down below. Um, you guys can see on the site, super, super easy to use. All you got to do is click that big yellow box that says get started. Super easy process to get all set up, and you guys can find all kinds of different things, NBA related and otherwise, any sport you can find here can find the different games for each night, all kinds of different options that you can look through and pick whatever it is that you like. And they do have a new promo out now. They'll give you a 125% bonus, not only on your first deposit, but your first three deposits when you use the promo code JOIN125, plus give you 10% gambler's insurance for your net losses if you're active uh, every six months. So great deal there from BetUS. You guys can check out the link in the description down below and go give them a look. All right, Keith, let's jump into our next topic here. And that is the Clippers said uh, they sent guys home. PJ Tucker, Bones Highland sent away from the Clipper Clippers out on the road. I believe they're in Golden State tonight. They sent these guys home uh, a little bit early. Now, PJ Tucker, we know, wasn't thrilled with his role, but it sounds like the hope is for both of these guys. I don't know specifically on the Bones Highland front, but for PJ Tucker, at least, the hope is he's going to go home. He's going to get a little break. And then after the All Star break, come back and perhaps be ready to resume some sort of a role with this team. What do you think about this tactic? And I wonder what happened to, to spark this. Yeah, it's interesting. The, I mean, we know neither one of these guys is real happy. Bones Highland. Uh, it was he, he didn't make a ton of noise about it, but he wanted to trade too at the trade deadline. He's not playing at all. If if people haven't been following the Clippers beyond the wow, they've been mostly healthy and they're playing pretty good basketball. Uh, mm -hmm. Part of the story, neither one of these guys plays. PJ Tucker played a little bit when they first got him in the James Harden trade, and then basically once they got Daniel Tice, that was it. He was relegated to deep end of the bench. Bones Island hasn't played much all year. They, they've pretty much gone with uh, Russell Westbrook as the backup point guard to James Harden, and Highland's been basically out of the rotation. It is to the point where in the Clippers are in a blowout. P.J. Tucker makes sense. You don't generally, the vet at the end of the bench, doesn't get thrown on the floor at the end of a blowout. Mm -hmm. But Bones Highland doesn't even get into the end of a blowout either. Neither guy got traded. That that That's maybe one of the bigger surprises of the trade deadline. Um, that they weren't yeah. able to turn these guys into something. Um, there was the last chance to kind of put their contracts together too. But yeah, so now you send them home and basically say, hey, go get your attitudes right, and we'll see you after the All-Star break. So they, they both get a jump on whatever their vacation plans are, and then uh, the Clippers will get get to it after tonight's game, and they'll go do, do their thing. We should mention too, Kawhi Leonard is uh, hurt. He's not going to play tonight. There's at least some kind of left deductor soreness. We don't know mm -hmm. if that's going to be a real thing or not, but yeah, I just messy, you know, with, with this a little bit more, more than it needs to be. And I kind of wonder if this is a precursor to, if you don't come back, correct. Don't come back at all. 
Like you just stay, you can stay away for the rest of the year. We'll we'll have our two way guys. So they haven't used very many of their two way days because again, the Clippers have been remarkably healthy this season. We'll we'll have our two way guys up at the end of the end of the bench. So uh, I guess my first thought is: Do you think an element of this is is punitive? Is this a punishment for these players, or is this? Is this just kind of a mutual, hey, we recognize the situation isn't a great, let's every, everybody clear your heads and, and that kind of stuff, and then we'll move forward. But I also think when we look at why didn't these guys get moved, I, I think it's right on the cap sheet. I, I think that's what it is. We saw, and this happened with my Lakers as well, we found out that this year at the trade deadline, uh, expiring contracts were what teams were looking for. Moving guys with salary left on the books was not easy. And PJ Tucker has a player option next year at $11.5 million and change. And I, I think that was something that teams would, would not be interested in, in taking on. And then, uh, and then Bones Highland, I mean, he's, he's got 4 million, which isn't a big salary, but uh, he has money on the books for next year. I would have to imagine that was an issue. I would be shocked if these guys start next season as Clippers. I think suddenly these contracts become more interesting this summer when they are expiring deals. It makes it maybe a little bit easier for the Clippers to move on from them. But um, I, I, I thought they were going to get moved too. But if I had to guess, I'd say it was the fact that they've got salary that goes beyond this year that ultimately prevented them from getting moved. Yeah, I'm with you, especially on P.J. Tucker. Nobody wants $11.5 million of what is kind of seen now as dead money on their books yeah. for next year. And P.J. Tucker has no real reason to give up a lot in any kind of buyout. He, he would probably be much more like a dad young or a Spencer Dinwiddie that just got waived and took their full money because he's not likely to recoup a whole lot beyond just a minimum contract uh, from here on out. So uh, unlike the, the, the uh, guys who, Hey, I'm going to give back a bunch because I want to get set free. That doesn't make a lot of sense for him. So I think we're in a spot with, with the, the Clippers where I, I think you're right. I think we go into next season and it's, all right, we're going to figure this out. Now, it's important to remember they won't be able to aggregate these two guys together. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, uh, Bones Highland's cut off a little bit there. It's just a little bit over $4 million, a smidge over $4 million. Um, So that'd be $15.5 million, $15.6 million or so. Uh, with him and Tucker, you can't add that together with those two guys. So those two guys are kind of – there you go, perfect. Yeah. Um, those two guys – you, you can't do that because they're a second apron team. Only way they're not a second apron team is if Paul George and James Harden walk. Oh, Nobody there's those new rules coming into play. That's it. So we're, we're, we're getting tight on all these things. So uh, ultimately what's going to happen is got to probably use Tucker in a trade by himself next year, 11 and a half million expiring. Somebody will have use for that, uh, whether that's at the beginning of the year or that happens later. And I think the other thing with Bones Highland, teams weren't really looking for point guards this year and teams, especially when we're looking for score first, second, third point guards. And that's really what he is. He's not a playmaker. He's a, he's a scorer. So I think a lot of teams are like, yeah, we don't really have a place for that. He'll get a fresh start somewhere. Some, some team will catch on and say, yeah, we need a little bit of juice for our bench and hopefully you'll be able to figure it out. But as it stands right now, probably these two guys are, I don't think the roles are changing when they come back. So it's probably going to be, right back to the end of the bench, but hopefully you're at the end of the bench, ready to work, ready to be good teammates, good practice guys. And I don't mean to suggest they're not being good teammates. Cause I don't know that we just know sure. they're both not happy with being on the Clippers still. Yeah. 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 It doesn't mean they're, you know, being yeah. you know, grumpy towards all their teammates or something or like that. Right. Or anything like that. Correct. Right. Exactly. Exactly. They're, they're probably not, you know, grabbing the ball and shooting it regardless of where they are on the floor. The second it touches their hands or anything, Ain't nothing like that going on. Um, by the way, guys, the cap sheet that you see on the screen, that is uh spot track. They do a fantastic job uh, breaking down all the information. Keep Keith knows a little bit about that. Just, Just a little, a little bit. bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, Everything is updated from the trade the yep. deadline too, for anybody who's wondering, including um, all the players and all the draft rights. Draft picks probably by the end of the week. Uh, we'll have all the draft picks that changed hands updated as well. There's still a couple we're just waiting on details on. So, and it's easier to do all of them at once than it is to do a bunch of them and come back and do a bunch more. So we're we're waiting. I, I will say there are a couple picks in 2025 that are like, why are there 15 teams involved in this swap? Like it is absolute madness. And it is not just as straightforward as 
this team gets the best one, this team gets second best. It's like this team gets the best of pick one or the worst of pick two and pick three <laughs> or the, you know, if this team actually conveys a pick, doesn't convey a pick, it is a mess. So if it's a uh, leap year, this team gets the second if, best selection yeah. on the third Thursday. Yeah. Right. It feels yeah. that way. Right. It really does. So, so there's a couple like that, that we're, we're still untangling. There are a couple where we're still sorting through, but we'll have those updated on the site uh, pretty soon. And I'll say this too. A couple of people said, what happened to the trade machine? Trade machine was, it's still in beta. So we took it down because nobody can actually do trades. It will be back well in advance of the off season with everything updated. We'll actually uh, be able to toggle between modes. So you'll either be able to do kind of like the mode of right now and do draft trades or flip it and do forward uh, with next year's right. salaries um, in trades as well. So we're, we're going to be working through a whole bunch of stuff with that, um, but it will come back and thank you to the literally hundreds and hundreds of people who sent feedback uh, into us, whether it be via social media or through email or just through um, contacting the site email directly, like huge help uh, with, with a lot of stuff. And thanks to everybody who played with it, tested it and all that. It, it really, uh, it held up as far as um, traffic and functionality. Break. So that That's that's what we were most excited about. Very cool. Very cool stuff going on over at Spot Track. Uh, by the way, while we're on the subject, we should uh, also mention Basketball Bulletin, which I'll put the link up in the description down below. You guys can check that out. Got some cool stuff planned going up over there uh, soon, too. Keith puts his game notes up there. I've got a couple of different pieces that are uh, in the works right now. In fact, I may write some on my on my flight. That would be a good idea. Do some, go. do some writing and uh, and put that out there. So, guys, go check out the Basketball Bulletin on Substack. As I'm going to some stuff coming this weekend mm -hmm. um, that will probably go up over the weekend. I It's been a very busy week with just a lot of stuff happening. Um, so, it, it'll probably be this weekend. We, we have a... Uh, for free weekend for the Smith family for the most part. So um, I'm going to get some stuff done. And I know what I just like learned like two days ago. What's that? I forgot his president's day on Monday and kid, kid doesn't is. even have school. So, so that's also a, a little benefit there. I, I didn't even, didn't even put it, put it together. That's I get so deep into trade deadline mode. And then I was like, Oh, you don't have school Monday. Oh, that's cool. Great. Three day weekend for me too. I don't have to get up and drive you. So that works. Uh, my, my daughter's got uh Friday and Monday. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, so that's part of why we're, we're taking this yeah, trip, getting, getting perfect. out of town. I, I am going to celebrate President's Day on, on Monday by getting more tattoo work done. I'm going to exercise oh, my freedoms you. to go get there more tattoo work. So I'm excited about that. You, that's you part get, of my travels. Face tattoo now? Yeah, that's that's, that's the plan. I'm going to do the right. little little tribal on the side of my face like uh, like Mike Tyson. That's, that's you should what get I'm, a front I'm office going. logo on your cheek. Oh, that'd be perfect. That'd be perfect. Yeah. That'd be great advertising. Great advertising. I like that. It's a good idea. Um, all right, let's jump over to uh, Craig Porter Jr. He's played pretty well. Gets a four-year deal yeah. with the Cavs. I have not looked at the details of this. I'd imagine, though, there's probably some team-friendly elements of this contract, right? Yeah, I'm going to guess it's probably non-guaranteed, maybe in year three and four. Mm -hmm. Probably a team option on one of the years, too, where they could make him restricted free agent. Craig Porter Jr. signed a two-year, two-way undrafted player the Cavs liked him at summer league they 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 wanted to get him in there and he went with the two-year two-way and uh vastly outplayed it he played pretty well for Cleveland mm -hmm. in stretches when they were missing some guys that that's despite their record the Cavs have gone through it injury wise they, they've missed uh Mobley and Garland have missed time but a lot of their role players have also been out uh, at various times of the year so this is this is great you know this is what we want to see with all these guys on Play yourself off the two way and into a into a, a standard contract and and go and uh and then then what we hope is play even better so the next contract you're 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 making you know uh, the the major money is what what we want for everybody but yeah good good story here I like Craig Porter Jr. man he's tough mm -hmm. yeah he's he a tough little guard that's one of my player archetypes that like I am like super like attached to is tough, small guards. Like I just, I, I have a thing for, for those kind of guys. It's, I, it's always been that way. And, and he fits right in that category. And I'm a big fan. It's the, uh, the Isaiah Thomas effect, right? The, the, the plucky little guard that yeah. just doesn't, doesn't stop and just, just keeps going. Yep. For yep. sure. Yeah. I mean, there's like, you know, they, yeah, nobody wants me to rattle off a list of a hundred guards that, <laughs> 
you know, that, that I've liked over the years, because some of them haven't turned out to be any good. Some of them stink and, you know, but, but yeah, for some of them, yeah, I, it's, that, that's something it's, it's, I have a better track record with that than athletic pigs that just need to learn how to shoot and play. Those guys don't generally come through, but I do, you show me an athletic pig and I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm in like, let's go get them. And then it's like 50, 50 at best that they pan out. Oh yeah. Those, those can be tough. Definitely. Um, the, the Thomas Robinsons of the world and, and, and many others and many others. All There's right. There's a uh, running joke on the original iteration of front office show. Yeah. Me, me and Pete toll um, Pete and I, we're, we're like the two biggest Thomas Robinson fans in the world. Like we, we like every time a team was like, Oh, they, they're reportedly looking for a big, we're like, go sign Thomas Robinson. Like, I'm, you know, so shout out. He was, he was with the Lakers for a little bit. I interviewed yeah. him at uh, media day one year and he was, he was a good dude. I was hoping he was going to wind up sticking. Yeah. Played with the Celtics for a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, could, couldn't put it together. So, you know, but he's gone over to play overseas and done quite well for himself. So you know, I'm sure he's, okay. sure he's doing fine. All right. Uh, the Suns. Reportedly interested in Danilo Gallinari. Now, we know they just added that young. So I'm seeing that fans of 29 other teams around the NBA are saying, how? How how could the Suns be adding more players and spending more money? What what would they use? I mean, this would have to be a minimum, but yeah. how are they freeing up this kind of space to go, go after a Danilo Gallinari? Yeah, I mean, they are not hard-capped. They haven't done anything to hard-cap themselves. So... They're in a spot where they are able to basically just offer minimum deals. They're in the same spot they were in, quite frankly, in July. <laughs> like they yeah. they can offer players minimum salary contracts, and that's that's about it. And, and we saw in the uh, acquisitions of Royce O'Neal and Dave Garotti, they had to put together four of the players that signed minimum contracts for them last summer to go get those two players. Well, what that also did was opened up two roster spots. So Dad Young comes in. And he, he gets one of them and now looks like Gallo. And I've heard a couple other teams that are interested in Gallo maybe. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like he's going to kind of have his pick here. He's, he's, he's already a free agent. He's already cleared waivers. This is probably one where I'll decide during the break and then I'll meet up with the team when they all get back together a few days ahead of their yeah. first game after the all-star break. There's just no reason to rush into anything right now for him, especially I think he's just going to take his time and enjoy his time off. And then, then he'll catch on for the stretch run with somebody. It, it, I will be shocked if it is not a team that has a least puncher's chance of making the finals. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, and that's pretty much the norm. When you see guys that are later on in their careers, that find themselves bought out. That's one of the things they're looking for an opportunity to win and an opportunity to play minutes on, on a winning team. It's those two things. Those, that's what matters yeah. to these buyout guys. Um, and Yeku Kongwu out seven to 10 days. That's, that's not, well, actually, you know what? Let me, let me backtrack there. That is kind of ideal that it's the all-star break, right? Because then you can recover. I mean, not good and never good when somebody's getting injured, but if you're going to get injured and you're going to be out about a week, now's the time to do it because you're not, you're not going to miss nearly as many, as many games as otherwise. Yeah. And they're going through it right now. They, 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 They've got a bunch of guys hurt, including Clint Capella, I believe, mm-hmm. is still out. I don't think he's going to be uh, back uh, for tonight's game either. So we'll see. My guess is uh, Bruno Fernando, come on down. And they'll figure it out from, from there. Maybe uh, Muhammad Gay, um, who is a two, uh, two-way guy that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he gets some minutes here, and they, they just kind of piece it together for their, their last game before the break. They are playing the Hornets. Um, there so and the Hornets aren't exactly like loaded up front so maybe just say yeah we can get by with small ball for the night and you know Jalen Johnson plays the five quite a bit or DeAndre Hunter or something else and they they sort through it that way but yeah it's uh to to your point if you're gonna miss a week now's the time because you're not really missing a lot yeah yep now's the time to do it all right last thing we've got the Knicks did indeed file a protest, and I've seen people suggesting that they're confident they're going to win this protest about that call at the end of the game against the Rockets. Um, if they win the protest, what what's going to happen if they do win this protest? And then we can get into whether or not they actually should. Yeah, so if the league grants the protest and says, yes, the game needs to be picked up and replayed, I've seen a lot of back and forth on, will it start with like a, three-tenths of a second left on the clock in the fourth quarter 
Knicks ball, whatever it may be, or mm-hmm. will it just be time expired? We go right to the start of an overtime period. That's where it goes. And it's important to note the game was tied at yes. 103, 103 at the time the call was made. So at worst, we're going to overtime at best. I don't know. Maybe there is Knicks ball. I don't know. I know the ball was in the air when the foul was called and all this other stuff. So I think it is, uh, we're going to see, right? We're going to see uh, where that goes. So that would mean the league has to find a day. Yeah, I'm, they, I'm just looking. They don't play the Rockets again. They do not. They've already played. So yeah. uh, they've already played their two games, obviously not in the same conference. So they only play each other once. Um, there would have been a world, this game was in Houston. Had they not already played in New York, I think you could have seen the league say, hey, you, we're going to almost like one of those baseball games where it's, hey, we finish out the last couple yeah. innings from yesterday's game before we start today. Um, right. It, it They could have said, hey, you're going to play the five minutes. It's going to be in New York and it's going to be what it'll be. Now they're going to find a time. People are throwing out all kinds of dates. None of them are great because you're yeah. taking away an off day or a travel day uh, from one or both teams uh, to be able to do this, to, to get this in. Well, really, it's it's one or the other for both teams. And for the one that looks like it's the best would create for the Knicks to then have to play three days in a row. And I know a bunch of people are like, it's five minutes. Like, they're not even like, who cares? But you get warmed they're, up. and You're going to warm yeah. up just like it would be a full game because otherwise, that's how you get hurt. You go out there and you you don't warm up and, and you goof around because it's five minutes and uh, Jalen Brunson pulls a hamstring and is out three weeks. Now, all of a sudden, it's it's not worth it. So now what will actually happen? I think the NBA is going to come back and say, it sucks. We feel bad. We are holding the officials accountable through their various means that they do that, that nobody believes actually happens and is nebulous what happens there. But sorry, but no, we're not granting this protest. I think the biggest reason why, it precedent, it would set. Yes, it is different when we go all the way back to I believe it's two thousand eight. They granted the protest when the Hawks and Heat played because they fouled Shaq out of the game right. on his fifth foul. That was a misapplication of the rules. It was a complete blunder. And the funny thing on that is when they came back to replay the last like five minutes or whatever of the game, Shaq had been traded uh, from the Heat to the Suns at that point. So it was like it was a mess anyway. There's obviously we're past the trade deadline and everything here, but I don't think the league's going to come back just because of precedent. Like, look at, I I have no problem admitting LeBron got fouled on that drive in Boston last year at the end of the game. The Lakers file a protest. What are you going to do? Hey, now you're going to fly all the way back across the country to take two free throws. Like, like it's, it gets to a point where teams are like, it's, you know what? That's not actually worth it. Like it doesn't really matter for us. I get it. If the Knicks, miss home court advantage or a right they, they drop into the playing tournament by game or whatever i get it's gonna matter but I, I don't know i have i just have a hard time thinking the league sees this this through beyond sorry this sucks and we'll try to do better next time it's yeah that's what i don't understand because like you said it was last the, whenever we've seen this come up it's been been because the rules were applied inappropriately there was a mistake that was being made in terms of how the rules were applied, not because a foul was issued incorrectly. We see plays all the time where guys get called for a foul and you look at the replay and you go, oh, you know what? There wasn't really a foul there. Now you've got uh, the the challenge rule that allows you to, to sometimes wipe that out, but it's still going to happen. So you are really opening Pandora's box if you do allow this. And I know Knicks fans will want to see that. Of course, they want to see this challenge go through or this, this protest go through. But if you do this, like I think just last year, this was abnormal, but last year the Lakers had four games that were decided on shots at the end of the game where they got fouled and it didn't get called. Um, yeah. That And that like, so what would you do? Would you file a protest on four? You're going to go back and replay four games. And again, that so it's not normal for it to be that many times in a season, but it Everybody does happen. Knows. Sorry and everybody deals with it. Everybody has at least one or two of those. Exactly. Every year. So yeah, then you're Tom talking Adderstro about one. Has, has done a really good job tracking yeah. um, who gets disadvantaged in the last two minutes. And it's 
basically everybody does like it's, right you know which is part of why like let's just stop with the last two minute report it's stupid and it changes is. absolutely nothing except getting everybody mad the next day all yep. over again because they were mad the day before but anyway yeah it's but, yeah it's crazy so what do you what do you so i mean essentially you're talking about an nba world where we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts you're one to two times per year 30 all 30 teams are protesting something like that's that's gonna get out of control i don't mm -hmm. if this works if this protest works and again i'm not saying the knicks it was justified what happened with the knicks or they should have lost this game but man the precedent could be it could completely change things if this actually works for them and you could totally see it if it was like a playoff game like that would be sure different because you probably could find a way whether it be the next day or sometimes there's even two days in between playoff series or whatever or games in a playoff series you could maybe make it work out that way or something but it's just the logistics of trying to make it work this way now clearly the Knicks are to some degree committed to yeah we'll we'll play if you grant it you know what we'll lace them up we'll go we'll go try to get this win but I, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, like I said, I can't believe the league is going to go to a place where it is. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's start a precedent like this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, everybody. Well, that does it. I hope you guys have a fantastic hey, Valentine's Day. Thing. Sorry, yeah. before we go. No, go ahead. Um, thoughts to everybody in Kansas City. Like scary yeah. stuff there with the shooting at the Chiefs parade that should just be a moment of celebration and joy for everybody there and just you know it's that report i just saw a couple minutes ago it looks like one person's dead and a couple people are injured sounds like they do have suspects in custody which is thankfully good they're not out at large in the world anymore so but yeah i just you know i it, it, it's without going any further into other things we'll just leave it as you know this this is awful and you know should, shouldn't be a thing that happens so i'll just leave yeah. it there but just just wanted to put that in there we feel feel awful for everybody uh impacted in that yes yeah that, that is a great point keith great point and um yeah uh, absolutely terrible stuff terrible stuff that's going on there um all right i'm sure we'll have more details on that um Soon. If we want to pick up the mood at the end here, because I just took it to a downer, 
they announced the Fantastic Four casting. Today, I did see that. So we could do a little, uh, little unscheduled nonsense on that. It's, uh, it's interesting. I kind of wanted to see John Krasinski because I, I did he was too in the role, but sounds like he was like that was fun to do one time instead of committing, you know, months and months of my life and maybe years if we're being honest with with a Marvel project to it. But we're in the multiverse world. Who knows? Maybe we see him come back and. I don't know, maybe other uh, Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastics, come back too. We've now seen it with Spider-Man, so who who knows? But yeah, Never fun, know. fun, fun group. I'm I'm excited. The Fantastic Four movies that have been done before, mad. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm really hopeful they get it right this on one this better one. Better get it. It ends up pretty good. Also, too, they 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 switched it. They switched it in the Thunderbolt states. So uh, that's like over a year from now. So we've got plenty, plenty of time to, 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 to go before that comes. So yeah. Is it, is it going to be Dr. Doom? I don't know. They haven't said, mm. yeah. Yeah. It hasn't been said. There was a rumor that, um, uh, Anna Taylor joy, who she was, uh, I know for, I know her from the queen's gambit, um, the chess movie that was on like pandemic time ish, I think, mm -hmm. um, she was rumored to be the silver surfer. Um, and that was going to be how they were going to bring Galactus into um, the DMC. The they're going to have a female silver yeah. silver surfer. That was the that was the word. Um, was you know it's uh, huh. it, it's apparently never been established that like it's an alien character. But I don't know. I don't. I I, I don't know enough about hmm. the comics lore. I'm going to say that it's you know. I know it's always been a man. Every version yeah. I've ever seen. But I, I'm not sure. But yeah, that was one of the rumors that was out there. So um, and. For what it's worth, they had the casting kind of nailed uh, a few weeks ago. I I try not to look at a lot of that stuff because it trends like every day on Twitter. Right. And then I don't I don't look at it because it's just like it's a lot of it's speculation. But this time around, they were pretty right on the fantastic forecasting. So and I think All it's right. pretty good cast. So yeah, I'm 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 excited. I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm I'm excited. Deadpool is going to get everybody fired up and excited. Yes, again for, for that's going to be awesome. I can't wait. That's, uh, that, that's what I'm excited for. I can't wait for that one. All right, everybody. We'll leave it there. And uh, tomorrow, live, uh, 1 o'clock Eastern time. So come join us for that. Till then, we'll see you and stay safe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com